0: good God you're good say that in your heart say it out loud if you want some of you have a hard time believing those words this morning I know it (laughs) but God is good not because of this moment right now even but the fullness of God the fullness of a week a season a life That we have a long vision of God in our lives. That we don't just, we we hang on this moment, we're thankful for it. But let us be a church that praises him forever. Amen? God, I thank you for this moment, God. I thank you for your presence as that song can to sing with the Holy Spirit, God. We thank you for your presence this moment, God. Lord, we trust as we move on, God, that we're not, we're not, uh, we're not taking away that that thirst right now, God. But we move forward right now to hear Your Word preached, God. In Jesus' name, we pray, God. Amen. Tell the person next to you, God is good, and you can be seated. I really don't like when the worship team does a good job. No, I'm kidding, because then I have to move on. Don't you hate that? You know, you hang in that moment, um, but I want to be sensitive to to moving forward. And hey, Randy, I just want to let you know, man, you're doing, you're getting, you've gotten so much better as a drummer. And it's not to say that the rest of the team isn't doing a good job, but I just want to let you know, man, like... I went to a Dave Matthews concert years ago, and the Dave Matthews band uh, drummer is amazing, and we're just sitting there just watching the drummer for like 30 minutes. And I can just it, it, I, I challenge you guys to get lost in, in, in worship, not just in reading words or whatever, but get, get focused on something one day, watch Lane play. Like just <laughs> or not <laughs> That was a beautiful note for the Lord. No, but just get lost in that. And uh, I just wanted to welcome, uh, my name is Paul, one of the leaders here. And uh, welcome to Hill City Church uh, at the gathering. Uh, If you're new here, we'd love to just talk to you and get to know you a little bit. Uh, And and you're our guest this morning, so I hope you feel welcomed. Um, You know, one of the things we don't want is you to come in and just come in and out of church, you know, out of quote unquote church. Amen? We want to make you feel that you are welcome here. So we have a welcome center back on the right. Um, We have some, uh, a little gift, and we'd just like to talk to you and get to know you a little more. Amen? Newcomers amen? No, I'm just kidding. You don't have to say amen. I say that a lot. I got to stop that. So I get the, the pleasure of, intru- of talking about the women's conference. All right. So the IF conference is coming up March 8th and 9th. See, I'm so prepared. Uh, March 8th and 9th. So that's two weeks, right? It's two weeks. So registration ends next week. I think it ends in a week from now. Uh, I I asked my wife this morning uh, they're at 40 Uh, it may be bigger now I don't know if Mo's in here but it's uh, bigger (laughs) there may be more people coming Uh, we don't have a cap this year like we did uh, is that what was that 10 oh 41 I was so far off yeah uh, so for, there's about 40, and uh, if, but please, I just encourage you guys, uh, you ladies rather, to to come to this conference. It, it's a it's here at the gathering. Uh, it's Friday and Saturday night. The the cost is about a half of what it used to be, and um, you know it's just a really great time to to go deeper in your walk with God, to get connected with other ladies in the church, to really uh, live out this thing we call community. Um, and I just say that's an that's putting it into action. You know, do something. So um, I just put that you know forward as as a, as, a, as an action for the ladies in here to really participate. That. I hope I did that justice, Jen. All right. Good. Thanks, John. Uh, all right, uh, and that Mark's gonna come in a second, right? But uh, um, hold still, Yeah, We gotta get moving here. Um, I, I don't like to pause there at the end of service like that. It's just not my nature. But I'll just tell you, like, there's just something you have to let God just like soak it in sometimes, you know. And uh, and I'll say this, and I'm gonna I, I get the I get the honor of speaking next week, but your worship is only as good as what you've done the week leading up to is my um, my uh, I would say my philosophy is to come in here you can feel the presence but if you're in if you're in the word if you're in community I can just tell you that thing is illuminated like exponentially when you come into worship so if you come into a good place it's just like it, it, it's it's I can't explain it what's going on but it's uh there's something about that and uh so a quick funny story I want the ushers come forward so I get my get my butt moving here um, the we get, the, uh, we get the privilege of watching our sons play basketball. And uh, we used to coach them, and now we don't coach them. So imagine that, watching your kids, you know, and now you're like the coach from the sidelines, you know? Like, are you that parent that yells all the time? <laughs> Have you been to a game with John or I, anybody? Does John yell? Okay. <laughs> like, he can be pretty loud. And I can too. But we both had a pack yesterday. It was, we were down 70, what was the score? 65 to six. And the funny thing is we're on the drive home. uh, Everett calls my wife and he goes, mom, I scored five out of this, I scored 83% of the points. (laughs) I said, you didn't tell her we only scored six points. So my son had five out of the six. So I don't know if that's a silver lining. It's really not. But we were at the end of the game. We're getting beat 60 to six or something. It was just like, and John are like, we're not gonna yell anymore. And that lasted for maybe 10 seconds. <laughs> and it was like, get the ball, right? We just can't help ourselves. And it's not because we think we're gonna win, right? It's really not. Like, there's no chance we're gonna win. But it's, you know what it is? It's it's because we see something in our kids. And even in they're so down, and they're, so, they're not like morally down in that moment, you know, because our wives are like, you did a great job, guys. And we're like, no, they didn't. They did terrible. But there's something about as you just you still see you still see potential even in those last three minutes we were yelling until a minute left what's wrong with us but I just want to encourage you guys I was talking to Colin about this you may be in a season right now where you feel like it's over you're like I'm down you know it's over uh, what's the point of moving moving on and I just want to encourage you guys man there's a God that's sitting there like keep going don't stop. I know the score, but don't, you're like, don't look at the scoreboard. The other team's like, scoreboard. You know, it's like, I don't care. I don't care, because in that moment, our kids still learn in those last three minutes of that game, right? They still learn some things, I hope. (laughs) But I know based on this word that we preach, and this Bible that we follow, and this God that we commit our lives to, is for us throughout the seasons we're in, and in this last thing that John's got, this, this, have you guys been to join this series about how to be rich? I hope it's changing your lives. Um, I know money's hard to talk about, but this is the last, it's the last Sunday, right, that we're talking about this. Man, finish strong. You know, you might be like, I just haven't done it yet. It's not worth it. I, I can't do it. I just challenge you guys. This is a moment that we're still cheering you on. We're still believing that even today that God can change your life, that God can Get, can just change your perspective of His goodness, His holiness, His plan, even in your finances. Amen. You guys, with me? All right, cool. I'm gonna pray, and um, then Mark's gonna come up and do one more announcement. God, I thank you for this Sunday. I thank you for, uh, I I thank you for a good worship band <laughs> that can that can play great music and 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 be coordinated and, and orchestrated. But most of all, God, that we do that all so that Your presence is welcomed. That the name of that the name of God is proclaimed this morning. That the word is preached, and so God, I just give this. We, I just on, on behalf of this this group of people right here, God, we just we we focus our mind, our thoughts, our hearts, everything on you, God, to hear this beautiful word preached by Pastor John. I pray for him right now as he comes up, and God, we just thank you for this this service today in Jesus' name. We pray, Amen. Welcome, Mark. Morning, Hill City.
1: Uh. If you don't know me paul just said my name mark uh and you know every time i get up here i cry but the exciting thing is that i think i got it all out during worship um but if i do cry i'm gonna blame it on the intermittent fasting because this is way past what i normally go so uh i just want to announce we've got growth track coming up um, and growth track is just a time where we can for people who have been coming here for a while or you're new and you are just wanting to understand what we believe uh you want to understand our vision our mission and you want to discover kind of your gifts and talents uh, we got a four week class that'll start march 10th and it'll be over here in the side room starting at 9 a.m we'll provide breakfast um child care if needed uh you can sign up on facebook you can sign up on the app you can sign up uh what else do i have and on our website okay um I had a student earlier this year who said, uh, and I use it all the time now because it's so good, just a little third grader, man, she's like, teamwork makes the dream work. Woo! I was crying, dang it. Intermittent fasting, that's all it is. Woo! Um, but it's just so good just to be reminded of, um, man, we're in it together, and if we're not, then it, it's, it's gonna completely fall apart. So Growth Track, March 10th, here, 9 a.m. That's it. Give him a
2: hand. All right, all right. Welcome to Hill City. My name is John, and uh, just so glad to see many of your faces. And there's invite cards right in front of you. I'm gonna do it all 52 weeks. Grab that invite card in front of your seat. There, put it in your wallet and invite someone this this week. And sorry, front row, you guys don't have an invite card, so maybe reach back. They're all in the little little pockets there. Uh, But we're uh, diving deeper. Into what uh, what uh, Paul was talking about, how to be rich, uh, how God is we we serve a generous God, and Jesus says in Acts 20, 35, five, it is more blessed to give than to receive, and this sounds good, and it sounds good like you can put it on like your Christmas cards and you can talk about it, but how does it look in my life? How does it look in your life? Right? Am I generous? Ask yourself that question. Am I generous. And with this in mind I'm going to go into a Mark chapter 14. We celebrate the word of God. I'm going to do it again. Mark chapter 14. Much better. We celebrate the word of God. We believe the word of God reveals Jesus and Jesus absolutely changes our lives. So we're going to examine two people when we're thinking of the question in our lives am I generous am i generous mark 14 3 to 9 i'm gonna start reading and while he was at bethany in the house of simon the leper jesus was at bethany in the city of bethany uh, at the house of simon the leper and he was reclining at the table a woman her name is mary came with an alabaster flask of ointment of pure nard a scent from distant india all right very costly, and she broke the flask and poured it on Jesus' head, which is like to me would be a party foul, right? You're like, what are you doing? Verse 4, there were some who said to themselves indignantly, they were very upset, why was that ointment wasted like that? Yeah. FYI, it was Judas, just what John tells us, right? Verse 5, for this ointment could have been sold for much more than 300 denarii, which was one year's wage. Think about that for a moment. And given to the poor, he says, And they scolded her. Verse 6, but Jesus said, leave her alone. Why do you trouble her? She has done a beautiful thing to me. For you always have the poor with you. And whenever you want, you could do good for them. But you will not always have me. She has done what she could. And she has anointed my body beforehand for burial. And truly I say to you, wherever the gospel is proclaimed in the whole world, what she has done will be told in memory of her and running into this quickly i have two questions for you first why did mary give such an extravagant gift and second why did it bother jesus i mean judas so much why did it bother judas so much and I want to show you two different hearts because you can be in the same room and have two different experiences. Even today, there are many of us in this room, we've, we went through the time of worship and some of you are like, why are they getting into it? Why are they so like in tune and emotional and, and like just worshiping God that way? It's because we can be in the same room and have two completely different experiences and it's determined by the posture of your heart. And now how many of you guys have bad posture? Anyone with bad posture? Right? A bunch of us. I have horrible posture. Yeah, I have horrible posture. My shoulders are always hunched forward, right? And I'm like, why are you sitting like that? My my wife, she has perfect posture. Even when she's sitting, like, sitting on the floor, I'm like. I was watching Angel because I was speaking on this in group, and you were sitting up straight, and then you were slouching. Then you sat up straight again, so you watch your posture, right? And I was like, you better watch your posture, John. But I have bad posture. I slouch, right? And I have to remind myself, sit up. Sit up. You ever tell your kids sit up because they're just slouching, right? So I I bought one of these things from China because this is what I do. I bought one of these. It was uh it was two dollars in China and fifteen dollars on Amazon. So I waited thirty days and got one of these things from China, right? That's what I do, right? But here's the thing about bad posture. It might not seem bad in the present. You're like, it's not going to bother me. It's not too bad. But as time goes on, without dealing with the posture issue, it begins to do great damage. Your muscles begin to weaken. Your neck tightens. Your headaches start coming on. And it's uh, your back and your hips start misaligning. It causes stress. It causes fatigue, bad posture. And it also causes sleeping issues, which I have. I'm like, ugh, I better wear this more. But I hate it, right? Now, some of you might think due to the content of how to be rich, you're like, oh, John's going to say, how's the posture of your generosity? You might be close, but you're off, right? Because posture goes much deeper than generosity because everything we do is connected to our posture towards God. And you can see that in our worship. Now this woman was Mary, the sister of Martha, and uh, her brother was Lazarus, who Jesus raised from the dead. And so this dinner could have been at, uh, as, uh, out of gratitude for what Jesus did for Lazarus, right? So imagine with me, all right? Just think in your mind with me this moment. The party is just rocking, right? There, the music is bumping, and the DJ is playing God's Plan by Drake, of course, right? right? And then all of a sudden... The place goes silent. The music stops as Mary breaks open this alabaster jar, pouring it on Jesus' head from head to toe. This costly perfume being poured all over Jesus. And some people get upset. And Judas starts yelling just at Mary. He's yelling at Mary. He's like, That is worth 45 grand. What are you doing? It's probably a family heirloom passed down from generation to generation. It represents money. This, this flag and Mary broke open and poured out it represents money financial stability during hard times it was like her security maybe it was like a 401k just in case something bad would happen or for her to like for to push off into the future yet Mary pours it all on Jesus from head to toe someone help me get this thing off because I don't have any flexibility Much better, much better, right? So this thing, this alabaster flask, it represents money, and she's giving it. She pours it on Jesus, and it's a sign. It says Jesus told us in verse 8, it was a sign of preparation, adoration, devotion, and worship. She's giving it to Jesus, the most valuable thing she possesses, a stunning scene, if you can see it in your mind's eye. But the truth is, we all have alabaster flasks. We all have something costly in our lives. And I want to ask you, what's yours? What's the most valuable possession or what's the most valuable thing in your life? And if it were taken, you would lose your sense of safety, security, identity. You would lose your sense of value. You would lose your sense of hope. We all have it. You could believe in Jesus or not, but we all have things in our lives that give us this sense. It could be your home, right? It could be your job. Imagine losing your job after 20 years. It could be your savings account. It could be your relationships. It could be your spouse or your kids. Whatever it is, it's hard thinking about losing it because it controls so much of who you are or who you think you are. Maybe it's an area of sin that you try to give up a bunch of times. But you can't quite submit certain areas of our life to Christ and to trust God with. What are you holding on to? And I say this a lot. That's really a hold of you. What are you holding on to? Maybe it's a fear. Now Mary, she's a wild one because she doesn't stop there. She bends down and starts wiping Jesus' feet with her hair and in this culture a woman's hair was her glory which meant that she would only save it only people that would see it she would bind up that hair and and cover it and only let it down at home for her husband so what mary did was not only fiscally irresponsible it was culturally scandalous they're like this what's going on with her right But she don't care, right? She is more focused on Jesus and giving him extravagantly what she has. Not only everything she has, but everything she is in that moment. So that is a huge moment. But I want to ask, but why do this? Why do that? Because Mary's posture towards Jesus was completely different from Judas's posture towards Jesus. Judas, and I want us to get this, especially those who are Christians in this room, because we we can have a Judas heart and not even know it. Judas did not see his own heart. Think about that. Judas didn't even know what he was going to do until he did it, right? Judas found Jesus useful. And when Jesus was no longer useful, he sold him out for some silver. Sold him out for selfish gain. But Mary found jesus beautiful and when you find something beautiful you're willing to pay the price for it to give your time passion and your treasure to it think about that for a moment some of us we collect paintings we have works of art in our home and we're willing to pay a lot of money for that work of art right and then we showcase it on our walls and we put lights to it and we're like look at this it's beautiful some of us, we love vacations. We, like, we have pictures of our vacations of Thailand, of Iceland, of, uh, of all these places in the world, and we love it. And so we're willing to pay heavy money to get there, right? And we're willing to take vacation time, spend the money, and then we would love to take people there that we love because we want them to experience something that we find beautiful in our lives. If it's from snowboarding or if it's going to uh, Casa Bonita, all right? You're like, you gotta go. It's like the Mexican Disneyland, right? And there's divers off the waterfall. It's just a weird place, all right? But when you find something beautiful, you're willing to pay the price to eat the enchiladas there, right? You're willing to pay the price to be there. Listen, whatever you're willing to surrender to Jesus shows your posture towards Him. Whatever you're willing to surrender. Is Jesus useful? Or is Jesus beautiful? I'm going to ask you again, because that's a very serious question. Is Jesus useful? Or is Jesus beautiful to you? Because if Jesus is useful, one day when you can't think of a reason he is useful, you'll sell him out. I'm just being straight. You will sell him out. And also, listen to this. Only Mary believed that Jesus she actually believed Jesus when he said, I'm going to be buried, I'm going to be killed. And everyone else is like, okay, uh, so let's continue, right? Jesus told him over and over again that everyone rejected it or missed it because we all have our view of how God is like. And Jesus is telling us straight up, and he's like, okay, okay, that doesn't fit my view, my happily ever after. Yet Mary believed Jesus and took that moment, took her best, preparing Jesus for burial covering him with this fragrance as tradition because mary knew who he was he was god in the flesh he was messiah he was god with us with power over death to raise his brother uh, her brother up from death and i'm, I'm going to give you two points today about generosity and about our hearts number one the enemy of generosity the enemy of generosity the enemy is not a person Yet it's in all of us. We all deal with it. It's called selfishness. Say selfishness. That's what, that was Judas's heart. I don't know about you, but I got to fight selfishness. Anyone? Right? You're like, not nah, me. Then I, I'm going to ask your wife or your girlfriend. You're probably dealing with some selfishness, right? You, I knew I was, de- I, I was, I was like, I'm not too selfish. Then I got married. I was like, I'm really selfish. Then I had children. And I was like, "Ah, what about John time, right? Immediately. And I say, okay, I'll babysit the kids. And all the ladies like, I will kill you. You can't babysit your own kids. It's called parenting, right? All the guys are like, so don't use those words, right? That is a mistake. That is a mistake, right? It's called parenting. But I have to fight selfishness because we're all born selfish. If you don't believe me, go work in the nursery, Right? Go work in the nursery. Feed me. Give me mine. That's mine too. And that's mine. I touched that. That's mine too. Me, 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 me. You don't need to teach a child selfishness. But as parents, do you know we what we teach them? We teach them how to share, how to give, how to be generous. But we don't we don't need to teach selfishness. It's in them from the get go, right? And selfishness might be okay for a baby, but it's not okay. For an adult. It's not, but some of us, we cannot continue to be man babies or woman babies. We just can't. You know, what we're doing is we're wrecking things, and we need to fix this, but it's really hard to see in yourself. It really is. It's hard. Look what Judas says, and, and we got to catch this. Judas, with his noble statement, why was this money given to the poor? Why wasn't this money given to the poor? When he, it's, he's so inspiring. He cares so much, right? But it's not his intention. Look deep within. There's something that happens in all of us when we face someone else's extravagance. Think about this with me. We feel like we have to justify ourselves and say something awe inspiring, like, I'm good too, guys, right? We see someone else's goodness and we're like, oh, I'm good too, right? I'm good too, right? We say things like, wow. That's too much, Mary. Or this is what I would do. I wish someone would care enough like me, right? That's what Judas is doing right here. He's fronting. and But it's a cover-up. Let me explain. Have you ever been in a neighborhood with huge, expensive houses? What do most people say? I wonder who lives here. I bet it's worth a fortune. I wish I had a house like that. Have you ever said that before? I know I have. Right, you, Whatever that thing might be. It could be electronics or it could be the new thing. You're like, I wish I had that. And then something rises up within you. And this is the darkness that we normally cannot see. It's the selfishness, right? We start getting all noble. And we say things like, can you imagine what they could do with that money? Look at their waste. They could sell that house and give that money to the poor only if they loved the Lord. Only if they cared enough, Right? Have you ever thought that way, or is that just me, right? I like to justify things like, oh, man, I would do totally. People come up to me and say, if I won the lotto, I would, man, I would give to the church. I would buy some land and stuff. I was like, do it now. Do it then. Because wherever you are, if you're not giving, you're not giving. You don't change. You don't change, right? It's crazy how easy. We can judge others, but we we have a different approach to ourselves, right? Let me ask you something, right? We say, oh, look at their waste. Look at that house. They could have gave it to the poor. Let me ask you, how do you care for the poor? How do you waste your money? Because if you really cared about the poor like you said you did, you would sell your house. You would sell your car. It's crazy how easy it is to judge others and justify ourselves. Selfishness. It's I'm just unveiling our hearts through this message because selfishness, I say it, I've said this before, is like a ninja. That's right. I'm saying that not only because I'm Asian, right? You don't see selfishness coming until it's too late. It lies in the dark and it fools us. It's the enemy of generosity justifying why you need more, why you need bigger and better, while pointing blame and shame on others. Listen, selfishness will always keep you from trusting God always and we don't trust God to be enough and we serve other things to fill us that can never fill us that's why Jesus talks about money as a God because it is we worship it we trust it and we pour our hopes into it yet in one moment you can lose it all lose that job you get into one accident and now you have to deal with health problems you make one mistake one addiction one divorce it's a counterfeit God So here's the test. When we face extravagance of others, extravagance meaning anyone who has more than you, do we judge, do we talk noble, or do we say, watch out, John. Man, watch out, because you're trying to fool yourself to think that you're any better in that moment. Selfishness. It's easy to talk big and live small. Don't we know that? Easy to ask of others what we're not willing to ask of ourselves. It's easy to like a post on Facebook that says I'm helping someone or like I helped someone this week. I liked five things that said it was helping someone this week, right? It hides our own darkness, right? Number 2, the extravagance of generosity. And I'll be quick. Now Mary's gift was worth one year's wage. Would you say that's pretty extravagant? 45 grand in today's market, right? But I want to ask you, 45000 whatever, right, her extravagant gift, would that impress God? Think about that for a moment. It's an odd question, but I want to make a point. Does really any amount impress God? I was reading about Bill and Melinda Gates. They have given over $36 billion so far. I was like, dang, right? That's impressive to me. But listen, that's nothing to God. God walks on streets of gold. He makes that's what he does with drywall, right? I was like, that's not very impressive. So no amount impresses God. But do you know, and this is important, do you know what impresses God? And Paul said it. You do. You do. Luke 15, 10 10 says this. In the same way, I tell you, there is rejoicing in the presence of angels of God over one person who repents. The angels don't rejoice. It's God who gets up and shouts and cheers in front of the angels. You see my boy? Do you see him? Do you see my girl? Check her out. I knew they could do it. I knew they could do it and make their return. God is ecstatic over you, and it's so hard to grasp. Yet when you give God you, that's the greatest gift you could give. And why was Mary so bold in giving so extravagantly? It's because you might not know this about Mary, but she had a past. She had some things she was ashamed of that thought she thought it could never change. I'm stuck. I'm hurt, right? She was selling her body to any man, prostituting herself, Thought so low of her she was feeling rejected and and disqualified and dirty and we might feel like that in this room I'm rejected god I'm disqualified she felt she was hated by everyone she hated herself she thought God hated her and then here comes Jesus who goes up to her speaks life into her covers her forgives her frees her renews her generously loves her and generously pours out his grace towards her and so when Mary broke this bond over Jesus. It was her outrageous statement of gratitude. I love you. I love you. As we close today, let's stand. Let me ask us, just bow our heads right now, just for a moment. Just just close your eyes so you can just, man, be in your mind. What do you need to break and pour out on Jesus? Listen, what do you need to break and pour out? Is it a hardened heart? Is this some deep, dark thing that you're going through right now? He can handle it. You don't need to come to Jesus all put together. He loves Mary, and he's rejoicing for one person who would turn back to him. He's not surprised by our sin. our past I mean it what do you need to break something you can't let go a phone number you might be hanging on to a habit greed jealousy unforgiveness today I hope you're going to face it maybe it's had you too long faith is not this big thing this big radical change faith is a little bit of obedience in one direction man it's taking saying God this is all I can do Take one step. When you have faith the size of a mustard seed, man, you could tell a mountain to throw itself into the ocean. It wasn't the quality of faith. It wasn't the size of faith. It was the obedience of faith. When God points something in our lives, I'm going to take one step towards you, Jesus. Today, you're going to face it. What is that thing that you need to put and pour over Jesus, he can handle it. He's not ashamed of you. My prayer is that we can start today by the power of God's grace for us. Pour it out, man. Pour it out. Will you trust him? He loves you. A generous life starts by embracing first our generous God who loves us. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for today. I pray that we would take just a little bit amount of faith and we would turn it to you out of obedience, Lord God. How is the posture of your heart towards God? Is Jesus useful or is Jesus beautiful? This is something we really need to figure out because you can live a long time. You You can know all the right things, and find jesus useful judas was with jesus and he totally missed his beauty just deal with your heart just for a little more And some of us we just need to talk to god some of us need to repent confess. Some of us, we need to make some radical moves in our lives. Just be obedient with what God shows you. You don't need to be like everyone else. Just be obedient in the area of your faith. <laughs> Heavenly Father, as we close today, is Jesus is Jesus useful or is he beautiful, Lord God? I pray I ask myself that, God. And I pray, Lord God, help me find you beautiful, God. Help my heart be right, Lord God. See if there's any wicked way in us, Lord God. And lead us to the way, your way of everlasting today. I pray, empower this church to find a beautiful Jesus and show off a beautiful Jesus to our workplace, to our families, Lord God, to our neighborhoods, Lord God. Because if we don't find you beautiful, Lord God, and we just find you useful, Lord God, If we can never share it, Lord God. Yet when we find you beautiful, Lord, it is so easy to share what we love most, Lord God. I pray, Lord God, speak to our hearts and change our lives today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you guys. Thank you for being with us for the four weeks of How to Be Rich. It's about a generous heart and posture towards God. God bless you guys.